Hey everyone, welcome to the Pandemic Professors Podcast, episode two. I'm Carol Pardon. And I'm Kelly Bowling. And we're here to talk about how bizarre it is to be professors during a pandemic. We're here to laugh, but believe me, we're taking this crisis seriously. Hey, so who do we have with us today? Well, we have Dr. Marcy Hinton, an associate professor at Murray State University. Hey, Marcy, you there? Hi. Hey, guys. Hey, Marcy. Hey. <laughs> so, Marcy, let me introduce you to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. <laughs> and to the world, because I know everyone is listening to us. And Marcy, <laughs> um, just give us a quick rundown on how you ended up at Murray and um, what your teaching load is and what your um, normal life as a professor is there before we entered into this pandemic. Oh, my goodness, that could take hours, but I'll try to (laughs) um, slim it down a little bit. Um, Well, I'm at Murray State University in far western Kentucky um, for about, I don't think this is my seventh year, but before that, I was at Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa, and before that, Middle Tennessee State University, um, where Dr. Pardon and I became um, great colleagues. And then before that, Barry College. So I have been everywhere um, <laughs> teaching uh, teaching everything in journalism, mass communication, but generally public relations um, is what I mostly teach. And um, at Murray State, I have the highest teaching load I've ever had. It's a 4-4, and this semester it's a 5 because of um, a study abroad um, class. Um, and I'm... I help advise the PRSSA and do um, a lot of stuff with study abroad. Yeah, so um, so you're busy and busy <laughs> before <Yes>. this <laughs> pandemic hit us all, and busy now in this crazy world um, of um, not seeing people in person. It's just so um, ridiculous. So you had yes, mentioned um, your fifth class is your study abroad class, and I know we've chatted just a little bit about this. Um, We were both, um, to give the audience a quick background, we were both um, planning to do study abroad classes. I um, was set to teach a travel writing and photography class in Rome, Italy, and the university shut that down, not surprising, and had to tell my 22 students that we were not going to Italy. I'm still sad about that. But Marcy, you're in a different situation because your class actually started this semester. The students have enrolled. They've paid their tuition. The class has started. So you are going on study abroad, except you're not going to France. So can you give a sort of like how this happened and then what in the world you're doing about this? Yes. So the um, crazy, bizarre, non-trip to France. Um, And I was teaching, (laughs) like you, travel travel and food writing um, in France. Um, And we were largely, um, a lot of what we were doing was visiting um, food venues like um you know we were going to, we were spending most of our time in Dijon we were going to talk about mustard <laughs> we were going to um <laughs> they um have a huge gingerbread factory they used to their um economy was largely you traded in spices um and so the gingerbread um in Dijon I hear is fabulous <laughs> not that I know now 
Um, <laughs> and then, of course, there was wine and cheese and food halls and all of those kinds of things. So um, trying to teach that um, in distance um, education here is um, a little rough. We're still doing the travel writing um, and we're just um, we're supplementing all the food tastings and visitings and that sort of thing with um, Anthony Bourdain and Julia Child. Oh, <laughs> um, <so laughs> it is not the same, yeah. <laughs> but um, we are just spending a lot more time on interculturality and, um, and some travel writing. We talk about, there's some studies out there that say armchair travel writing releases some good endorf- endorphins and planning a trip and, um, releases um, those same kind of travel endorphins you get on a vacation and that sort of thing. So we are trusting that, believing that, and sort of um, constructing some curriculum around that where um, we do things like um, watch the videos. We talk about, um, and these were, uh, you know, the um, things like feature writing and talking about the travel writing genre was something that we were originally doing in these five weeks with the trailing course where they were actually doing their writing in France. So they're still doing that. Um, I'm still, you know, they're still learning about um, France. We've, um, I, I do a lot of this, a lot of the, my first classes when I study abroad are about what traveling teaches us and what packing teaches us and, you know, sort of the backpacker code um, <laughs> kinds of things. So we are still doing those kinds of orientation things, but now they're reflecting on that and reflecting on that and France, French culture from afar instead of immersion and then travel writing in general and the food, you know, like I said, who doesn't want to watch little Anthony Bourdain and Julia Childs, but it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, so Dr. Hinton, your uh, website is called Postcards from the Brink. Right. Yes. Um, which yes. honestly, that title seems a little bit fortuitous right now. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if, if you are you actually still going to have your students send a postcards from the brink and write that, not from the brink? Uh, um, <laughs> yes. Um, there are my website postcards from the brink is largely about when I study abroad and give them um, a platform um, in which to do their travel writing. But I just started that um, last year. And I also there's a tab on there for hometown racers because I do this exact, I do, I use this website in my um, content creation for public relations class. I work with the Murray Convention and Visitors Bureau and we take them on a fam tour and we talk about social influencing and we help the Murray Convention and Visitors Bureau promote Murray um, using um, travel blogging that way as well. Um, so they're, you know, we're using, we're, they're going to do one um, article for hometown racers, you know, from memory and then I think what we're going to do with postcards from the brink is um, they're going to um, write sort of what they would have done, what they've learned um, and that sort of thing. And a personal essay about um, narrative about, um, I mean, among other things about um, what planning, you know, what study abroad meant to them, what planning this and what they learned and what they'd hoped they would do kinds of things. Um, so there are three three things that they're going to do. They're going to do that personal essay. They're going to do travel writing from Murray state. And then, um, I just, you know, you can write from afar and write, 
um, sort of a service article. And I think we're going to um, do that as well, along with a bunch of reflective pieces. That's cool. Yeah. So Kelly, I like your idea of um, them writing postcards from the brink. I'm envisioning the students standing in some version of the brink as they um, write these postcards of, um, you know, wish you were here or you are here. Well, I think it's maybe you could have Zoom meetings where everyone packs together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I had thought of that. I wish I had thought of that. Um, well you know the name of the of the um website uh, as as i write um in the um about page um is that i always think college student writers are always on the brink of really doing great work and really doing terrible work true and that i sort of (laughs) stand there at that cliff with with them hoping to give them wings so that instead of falling off the brink, they fly over it. Um, so that was kind of the imagery that I was going for with postcards from the brink. Totally different. They take flights. They don't, they don't fall to the ocean floor. Yeah. Um, it's kind of my hope. Yeah. Um, that, that I'm, if I'm doing my job well, um, so, you know, I, I still see that imagery as we're sitting here going, oh, how do we do this now? <laughs> yeah. We don't even get to take flight on an airplane. We have to stand here and figure out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <all of> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm thinking of all the things that they could be jumping off of. of. <laughs> along with myself (laughs) well you know where that title came from is i work with a a study abroad consortium that visits ireland um what what are you know the um the moors of moors um, what is that yeah the cliffs of moor yeah um and we had this whole safety discussion you know someday we just know a student's gonna plummet trying to do a selfie (laughs) (laughs) you know we sort of had this crisis safety thing and i'm like you know we're just always on the brink trying to save students and show them something and (laughs) hope they don't you know fall off the cliff that's sort of where that (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of saving students um pulling them back from the brink um marcy i know another thing that you are involved in you have by students um at at university of south carolina we have professional advisors so i don't have to do that um but you have a full load of advising and where they used to stand outside your office in a line to come talk to you and <laughs> figure out a way to meet with them, um, not in person. And so can you talk for a few minutes about what you're doing about advising and how that's um, working out for you and them? Um, yes. So all of um, the faculty sort of split up students to advise. So I have about 30, 35 at any given time. Um, advisees from freshmen to seniors. Um, And um, we have a great sort of advising, I don't know what we call her, advising coordinator on campus. And so she's always encouraging us to use technology, whether that is, um, you know, Google calendars to schedule um, things or, you know, and of course we have our um, online platform. 
Um, so she sends around suggestions about that. Um, and one of them was to Zoom, but I did not want to Zoom 35 students individually. I, um, you know, there's other work to be done <laughs> during all of this. So I started with um, email. I told them I, we were going to advise via email. And then if they wanted to um, talk after that, we could. So I sent them an email that said, here's how this is going to work. Give me a minute to make it all happen. And then I sent emails and I constructed, you know, a form email for part of it, giving them instructions. And then the second half of the email, um, I did it. I did it all for them. Usually we discuss it, but I looked at their eraser audit and I said, here's, uh, which is our, um, you know, degree platform that we um, advise from. And I said, here's what it looks to me like you have left to do. Here's what I would suggest you do. Um, if this does not vibe with what you think, um, let's. Um, either email or Zoom. And most of, I've taken care of most of it. Of course, that was 35 emails. Um, And I've gotten a response from probably half of those with questions. And then probably a fourth of those I've Zoomed um, with, um, you know, here and um, here and there as we try to navigate that. Um, The freshmen are, um, registering today so we'll see how <laughs> see how they do i see how many emails i get today yeah so yeah your freshmen in particular right so they're still pretty new at college and dealing with yes. this day by day um wacko world we're in it's got to be particularly tough for the freshmen don't you think um i really really do and you know i teach a um intro to mass comm course that is largely freshmen um, and I, and there's 35 of them, which I know is not big for something like University of South Carolina, but that's a, that's a big class um, for us in journalism at Murray State um, of mostly um, freshmen. Yeah. And um, I was very, very concerned about them. So I tried to make their online stuff just um, it's it's really, really uniform. Um, and it's really similar to class. You know, I sort of do this PowerPoint um, lecture online. I give them some samples to look at. They have to do a, um, a quiz over their reading and the PowerPoint. Um, and then there's usually some sort of response or discussion. And so over the couple of weeks that we've done that, I have gotten a hundred percent response, which surprises yeah. me um, to no get out because it's better than when I had in class, which also scares me. They're going to go, oh, all right, that'll be great. Um, but um, so far the response is pretty good um, about that. And so, um, I find the biggest problem is not necessarily with the freshmen, which was which was how I had predicted it would be. But the problem is, is with people who don't have um, Internet service, as it is yeah. with everybody. You know, we're in rural Kentucky. We draw most of our students from rural western Kentucky and rural southern Illinois and Missouri um, and West Tennessee, really, too. I mean, is where most of our students come from. So there are a lot of places that are depending on hot spots and um and I don't know what they're doing. Um, but a couple of advisees, you know, trying to zoom with them saying, you know, I have to try and do everything quickly because we're using hotspots, yeah, you know. Right. And so yeah, so you know, so that used to, to me technology. it was the most surprising issue. Yeah, we mm-hmm. expect everyone to be able to have the same access that we have. <laughs> and yeah. certainly is not always mm-hmm. 
um, always the case. Well, I think, you know, what you're doing with yeah. the freshman class sounds good, although not nearly as fun as um, virtual wine tasting than cheese tasting <laughs> the French class. So. Gosh, you know, you're coming up with such great ideas. We should have done, although it was not legal for half of them to do it in the U.S. as it might have been in France. But. Oh, right. Well, thank you yeah. also. Just, just watch, um, you know, Kelly, you and I can have a um, <laughs> wine yeah. tasting for the study abroad class. Oh, man. Seriously. You are such full of great ideas, Dr. Cardone. I don't know why I didn't think of those things. Um, I know I, how much I enjoy having a um, a real glass of wine with you and sometimes a virtual glass of wine with you. So I don't know why I didn't think my students could have benefited yes, from that. Well, there's, there's still time, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That'll be that'll be the that'll be finals week. I'll um That's right. Hey, so our, our Kelly, what do you think about tasting? all this? So you um you're here at University of South Carolina as a doctoral student finishing up, looking for jobs and yeah. you know, our situation, um, you've seen, you know, we're a two two load, we don't do advising. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. do a lot of research, but you know, it's a whole different world than the kind of world that Marcy is um, living in as a person who is hoping to um, find a job um, starting in the fall. When you hear Marcy talk about all the things that she's doing, what do you think of all that? You know, it's so interesting. I honestly think jobs in the fall are going to look completely different. Yeah, true. Um, I've... Uh, you know, I feel completely, honestly, lucky that I'm still communicating with a couple of schools about potentially having a job in the fall. Yes. Um, because so many schools have canceled their search. But, you know, I was just talking to my husband yesterday and he said that, you know, some people are actually predicting a second spike in this yes. um, that could happen in the mm-hmm. fall, which means mm-hmm. we could all be online again. Yeah. Ugh. Um, And so while, you know, (laughs) for this particular situation, I feel like for one of my classes, I've done Band-Aids. For another class, I basically completely reinvented the weekly lecture into a podcast form. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like that's something that we're going to have to be prepared for in the fall, you know, and some schools may even say we need to take more courses online. We need to have courses with more students and fewer, you know, adjuncts or instructors, things like that. I think academia, I think, honestly, when I looked at Marcy's uh, title on her website, um, on the brink, the first thing I thought was that academia is on the brink of change. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, absolutely. I mean, I've heard that at the University of South Carolina, the majority of professors do not use the learning management system. Um, and, and I don't think anybody's surprised by that. <laughs> I know. Well, that's true everywhere. I hear that all right, the time. That's not too. surprising, but now we're basically being forced to. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so are you going to embrace it or are you going to say, man, that sucked and I'm never going to touch yeah. it again? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's well, at Murray. Go ahead, Marcy. Yeah. And at Murray, we were starting, um, we were starting that process anyway. We've been adding more and more, as everybody has, adding more and more um, 
online classes. But our graduate program this summer is launching an all online um, public relations master's degree. And we are doing that with a vendor. And so we have been and we're a pilot program um, for Murray State on that, us and the MBA program. Um, and, I mean, we are fast-tracking learning, you know, how to do that and what to do about that. And we had about half of our faculty on board with that, half our faculty not on board with that. So we were in the process of it in the first place, but now we are, like, speeding it all up. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how... You know, if we were hiring a faculty member right now, what that interview would look like, yeah. what we would be looking for in a candidate um, would be somebody, you know, that was certainly innovating by doing podcasts and, um, you know, jumping on board immediately. But I do think, you know, there's a potential for that to be um you know, such a plus for someone like you um, who, you know, already has experience with it, is embracing it. Um, um, and I don't, uh, um, since I don't know anything at all about you, are you, do you consider yourself a digital native? Are you a digital native? <laughs> yeah. Or a digital immigrant like Dr. Pardot and I are digital immigrants. So almost all of my research is done on podcasting. Um, so I would uh -huh. say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a young, uh, Age-wise, I'm not a young mm -hmm. uh, PhD candidate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uh -huh. middle-aged. So I wouldn't say that I'm nearly as techy as someone in their 20s. But since so much of my research mm -hmm. is focused around, you know, new and emerging media, uh, Dr. Pardon emailed mm -hmm. me the link to Anchor and said, you know, you got to check this out. I'm doing it for my class. I thought, brilliant. Seriously, why did I? I didn't think about it. <laughs> never crossed my mind to do a podcast oh. and I had already like completely yeah. screwed up my first video PowerPoint lecture when I went to share the screen it went totally yeah. fine and so I thought yes yeah. I should be doing a podcast that's exactly what I should be doing um so that's you mm -hmm. know I'm sort of going with that and I actually replied back to a school yeah. today and they wanted me to send them a video of a teaching demonstration um, which obviously mm -hmm. I'm going to happily do, but I took the opportunity to go ahead and send them a link to the podcast as well. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And say, look, yeah, excellent. you know, excellent. we're in unprecedented times here and I just want you to see, you know, mm -hmm. I've had a little fun with this. Um, you know, so yeah. it has, the search has looked different, honestly, for each school that I have um, spoken to. Um, so some schools more than mm -hmm. others are embracing this. Um, some are saying we just mm -hmm. got to cancel the search because I have no idea how we would even do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been, it's been completely across the board. Yeah. So this is so interesting well, because um, when I look at, um, you know, sort of us across the spectrum of academia and Kelly, you might think, of yourself as middle age, but trust me, you, <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> you are uh, wrong. <laughs> uh, but you're, you know, but you're not in your twenties, right? And, right? and you um, are embarking on this new academic career. Um, I, however, am in the sunset of my academic career, and so I look at all this change, <laughs> and I'm like, sure, I can embrace 
the technology because it's fun and innovative and I'll give it a try. But this is not what I went to graduate school for. And this is not what I um, envisioned when I decided I wanted to become a professor. So my big fear is that this is the new normal and sort of like what you're describing, Mars your campus is doing, Mm -hmm. that they're moving ahead as a sort of will be the new normal, um, which I'm like, okay, but I don't want that. I mean, I'm fine with some online only graduate programs, but I don't want all graduate programs to go online. You know, just when I think of the difference with my doctoral students this semester in the class I'm teaching when we had to switch to online, I mean, I've been in constant contact with them and reviewing their papers as they get ready to send them to the conference deadline, which is tonight at midnight. Um, And so we're furiously going back and forth, but it's just not the same because they can't get the feedback from their colleagues. We can't hash things out in class Mm -hmm. and you can't do that on zoom. I don't care what people say. It's just not the same. And so, you know, those are the things that to kind of make me sad as we're moving forward and I'm, as I'm thinking about what is the new world yeah. going to look like? Um, yeah. 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 Well, and with this discussion, there are two things that stand out to me. But of course, I am an eternal yes, optimist, so <laughs> hang with me here a little bit on this. But um, two things that I think about on this is one, um, you know, Kelly might not want to go to a school that can't figure out how to do a a Zoom interview and are not taking Mm -hmm. advantage. I mean, you know, you, if while nobody's saying you can't hire, you ought to be hiring Mm -hmm. just as hard and fast as you can. Um, A little lesson I learned from Dr. Pardon at Middle Tennessee State University, where we hired six people in one year. Um, And they're all still there, by the way. (laughs) And they're all still there. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For one thing. And then the second, you know, if you are can do both of those things and demonstrate that you can do both of those things in person and online, why wouldn't you scoop Kelly up? (laughs) Do you hear that? No kidding. Podcast University. <laughs> um, because, you know, this is where we're going and we were going that way beforehand, but now we are, you know, speeding down the highway with our, you know, yeah, engines on fire. Like. You know, but I've heard from my students too, you know, students were also accustomed to what Dr. Pardon just described, you know, coming to class, sitting, participating mm-hmm. in groups, being on campus together and all that. And I think my students are finding mm-hmm. all classes online as being very stressful. Yes. Um, yep. they're, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're I struggling think so. with yep. the shift. So I don't know that all online is the answer for everyone. You know, while it may speed things up, I don't know that it would be you know, a permanent and sustainable change. I, you know, I could be totally wrong about that, but I don't know that that's what the students want. Some, for some students, it's perfect, but for the traditional student, um, I don't know that it would be the best fit for everyone. Right. And I think, you know, when I look around and when we think about what college is and life of college, even though we talk a lot about the research showing that the traditional college student is disappearing or diminishing all that kind of stuff, there is still a sense that you want this core traditional college feel Mm -hmm. and that if we don't hold on to that. I worry about the future of our institutions as a whole. There is some nugget to that that you just can't um, 
can't. Well, community. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. You, you can't take, you can't <clears throat> create. That. Well, I mean, I maybe again, I'm, you know, maybe I'm speaking wrong there because I've never done it, but I can't imagine a strong college community that was completely online. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, there, there absolutely can't be. And it's just like the study abroad um, option that I'm, that, you know, we started out this podcast talking about is that you can get some information online and you can learn some good stuff online, but that interculturality, that immersion, that um, connection to other people, that learning those things that are not classroom things, but are life and professional things cannot be done online. Um, it is the, you know, it's just the difference between sort of reflecting and, immer- right. and immersing. Um, you know, there's advantages to one and the other, but you, I, yeah, you, yeah. you just I think gotta have both. Good. If that's you're gonna, a really good if you're gonna do it. Um, point, and I think that's a good point where we can wind up the um, this episode and coming back to that um, sort of challenge of study abroad virtually. That it does have some advantages and helpfulness, but you need to stand at the winery, yes, in the wine mm-hmm. in France. <laughs> Or in yeah. Italy with the cheese, looking at yeah. the vineyard, looking at the wine maker mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. get that feel. And so, you know, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the Frenchman mm-hmm. who's looking back at you and saying, who's this American? <laughs> well, you're saying, who's this Frenchman? It's the same way, you know, who's this person from Louisville versus who's this person from yeah, El Dorado, I mean, Illinois? Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Marcy, I'm so sad for your students that they're not going to get to taste in person a French baguette and French cheese. Yeah. Because there's nothing. Oh, my goodness. Nothing I'm sad like for it. Like, too. I had no idea what pasteurization did to our cheese in the United States. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you yeah. can't find a good French so, baguette stateside. You just can't do it. So I'm, I'm bummed. Yeah, yeah, but no. hey, I found a great. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. Italian loaf of bread at Aldi's the other day. <laughs> 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 I know that Italian bread at Aldi's. Know, what like is legit. that? That's fantastic. <laughs> and so with that, um, <laughs> let's say goodbye to all of our um, millions of viewers out there who are tuning in. Um, yes. <laughs> pandemic professors podcast and if you're listening and if you're hiring take marcy's advice you should be hiring and you should be hiring someone like kelly bowling right now Um, that's right the brink of the future (laughs) all right that's the end of episode two everyone thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next week Um, yeah thanks thanks marcy See you later. Bye. Bye.